Hello and welcome to the Education on Fire podcast. The place where we share creative and inspiring learning in our schools. Season 2, Episode 15. Hello and welcome back to the Education on Fire podcast with me, Mark Taylor. Today, this is part three of our Apps for Good focus, and um, and it, the, today's podcast is going to be split in, into a couple of sections. First of all, I'm going to be speaking to uh, Chris Aitken, who's um, a teacher from a high school in Scotland, talking about his experience from a teacher's point of view of, of Apps for Good and, and how it's impacted on his school and his students. Um, and then I'm going to take you back a little bit to the to the launch episodes because I'm also going to be speaking to the fellows of the Apps for Good organisation and they're going to give a little bit of a, a bit of insight and their experience of what it's like to be involved beyond having had their apps made and, and they've continued to be part of the Apps for Good. Um, it's described as, as a friendship really and um, and, and how the organisations really supported them in into their sort of later learning and, and then towards the start of their careers. So um, that's going to come in, in the second part of the show but first of all this is Chris talking about his experience as a teacher um, hi Chris. Hello, how are you doing? Great. Could you just give us a little bit of background about um, your school and, and how you use apps for good? And um, and, and we're really keen, um, having spoken to Heather, just to sort of hear a little bit about how it works practically within your school and also how it works in other schools, especially on that sort of the early part of sort of age 10 and that sort of end of primary level. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm a Chris Aiken, computer and science teacher at Wick High School in Caithness, at the very far north of Scotland. Um, we've been using Apps for Good as a, a course for five years now. Um, we took Apps for Good in a, during a time of significant curriculum change in Scotland with the introduction of the Curriculum for Excellence. Um, the, the emphasis for the Curriculum for Excellence was to provide uh, a broad set of learning experiences for students and give them opportunity to um, have cross-curricular work and give the teachers the flexibility to um, teach what they want and how they want to teach it, it gives them that flexibility and freedom. Um, so it came at just the right time for us. I think we were one of the first schools in Scotland to take uh, take on the course. We run this uh, course with uh, 14 to 15 year olds in our, our third year curriculum. That's the, the third year is the last uh, stage of the broad general education uh, before they move on to senior phase, which is uh, um, where they do certificate courses. The course we run in curriculum time uh, over the course of a year is team-based where students come up with a problem uh, in, within their sphere of interest and then they design a solution for that problem. Um, the, the course isn't really teacher-led to, to an extent and some teachers find that quite a kind of strange concept. Um, I, I personally like to give the students freedom to um, reach a depth of their learning as they feel comfortable with, um, whether it's just designing mock-ups uh, and, uh, and wireframes um, on paper uh, using Balsamic Online all the way through to developing full-blown working prototypes uh, in Thunkable and App Inventor. Um, so students work in the teams throughout the year and at the end of the year they submit to the, the national competition and if they get through that then they go to London um, to take part in the national finals and if they win the national finals, they get their app made professionally. Um, and the students work together with the development agency to um, bring their ideas to life and, and get them to a point where they can be um, downloaded on the App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, 
what I really love about it is the fact that it really comes from them coming up with an idea which is important to them. Like you say, it's often sort of social-led, isn't it? Or or just a way of trying to fix a problem which they, that they come across or that they feel would actually help the world. And I think that's a really good starting point. It's not, it's not about learning how to build an app. It's about learning what's important within your life um, and, and finding a way to, to find a solution with it actually in, in this sort of technical sphere. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the main drivers for the course is that the students are working on something that they're passionate about. Um, this year, we've got uh, a group of Highland dancers who are making an app to encourage young young dancers to practice more. Um, in previous years, we have had a, a group of farmers who made a, an app called Cattle Manager, um, and they wanted to, to make an app to um, remove the paperwork from farming. Uh, and, and they went and won, won the national competition. Uh, and, and really, the, the driver is their passion. Uh, and the, the teachers are there to kind of guide them along the way and point them towards uh, resources, materials, and, and help them to generate the ideas and, and refine those ideas to a point where it, it can be producing a, a viable working app. And I guess the most um, important thing to, to get across to our teachers, especially those um, in primary schools, because um, the, the actual apps for good can start from age 10. So we, we are talking about primary as well. It's the fact you don't need that sort of computing background necessary to take this project on, because not only is, is it child led and it's about um, developing ideas, you also do get support from external um, people from apps for good as well, don't you? Yeah, the I mean the, the course can be taught at a depth that that you're comfortable with. It's uh, whether you're designing your app screens on on paper, uh, online. It, it's entirely up to you. But teachers in primary shouldn't be put off by the fact that it's not their area of expertise. They're not keen on uh, IT. Um, really, they're just there to support the students and kind of make sure that they're uh, producing ideas that are viable and that will work. Um, there's a lot of resources available on the Apps for Good website, um, but the key part of the course is that they can teachers can bring in experts from industry um, through, app, through requests in Apps for Good, and these experts can visit schools uh, remote, you know, via Skype, or they can come in to actually, uh, actually visit schools personally uh, and give that expert advice or, 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 or areas that the teacher is really not comfortable with, um, whether it's business planning, uh, the marketing or app design. Um, we have all these areas of expertise that can be drawn from and can it, can it help allay any fears for primary teachers that uh, this course wouldn't be for them. And um, th- this particular issue has come up a few times in, in some of my recent podcasts is the fact that um, the, the fear factor that often kicks in um, for teachers when it's not their specialist field is kind of, oh no, I'm not quite sure how to go it. But the, the, the important thing is, is that all the resources and all the support is there through the organisation. Um, and um, and also, I really like the fact that when teachers feel out of their comfort zone, I think it makes a great way for them to identify with them, with their students because often they're feeling exactly the same. They're learning new things and they're out of their comfort zone quite a lot in their learning. And so I think to have that sort of shared learning experience, I think, can be a real positive attribute. Absolutely. And it shows the pupils that teachers are, are learners as well. Um, and And... They can draw on each other's experience, and you know, if there's something that a teacher is not too sure about, IT-wise or technology-wise, then I'm sure I'm sure the kids can kind of fill in the blanks. But it really, is is about that shift in uh, mindset for teachers to think they're not, they're no longer there to deliver the course; they're there to to help them along the way um, and just make sure that they're they're staying on the right track. 
Um, brilliant. Well, um, thanks very much for that. And um, and I guess the, the the best way of of them really checking it out is 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 to go to the Apps for Good website and um, um, all the links are on the show notes at educationonfire.com. And from there, they can see um, examples of of the support they can get. And also, there's um, all sorts of um, ways of just finding out about previous projects and how the whole thing works and as you said going from your initial ideas and how it works in your school all the way through to getting through to the london finals and actually seeing um apps which have actually been developed and are actually now on the app store yeah and and, and teachers really they shouldn't be too focused on you know making the final because obviously it's, it's getting harder and harder as more and more schools take part and and the app market becomes more and more um uh, full of of ideas um they can be encouraged to, you know, do their do local heats. Uh, they can do their own school dragons den, take in um, people from their local area uh, who may set up an event, and, and they can pitch their ideas to to local experts. Um, really, it's it's all about the whole process and the and the learning process for for students. Um, regardless of whether they make the final or not, by the end of the year, they're going to produce something that they're proud of, something that they're proud to take home and, and show their parents. Um, and really, that what they get from doing the course um, much, much outweighs you know the, the few finalists that, that actually um, win the final competition. Uh, and the opportunities that can come from doing apps for good is, is just unbelievable. Um, bringing you know making that connection between school and industry is something that um, certainly in Scotland we, we think is very, very important with our developing the young workforce scheme. Uh, and I do think that that industry connection is the kind of secret sauce of apps for good. It just brings things to life and, and makes things um, kind of move away from the educational bubble, the, the, the bubble in school where they just do things in school and it's 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 done. Um, the, you know, students are really seeing that connection with what's happening in, in the real world. Yeah, and and exactly what what the bigger community out there, both in terms of workforce and um, and the support that you can have, and and just bringing it all together. And I think that that link is absolutely key. I, I think anything which starts to separate out the fact I go to school and then I do something else, yeah. and actually no, you're just living your life. And this is a way of finding support, finding resources, finding organisations that you you can feel like you can work with. And um, and I think that organic nature of learning is is absolutely key to a to a really bright future for everybody that's um currently in school and beyond for that matter so um um chris thanks very much for chatting to us that's given me a real good insight into into exactly what apps for good um looks like and feels like from from a teacher point of view and that was exactly what we were after today so uh, i appreciate your time and, and wish you well and your students in in their um projects that they're doing this year no problem keep an eye out for uh, some really exciting stuff happening uh, in our school but apps for good uh, hopefully we'll see some winners again this year It'd be lovely fabulous many thanks so I hope you get an idea of um of how the apps for good um project works um for your school. You know, um all the resources are online. Um you have all the support you need from mentors, um being able to be uh, accessed through Skype or coming into your school. Um and, and you can take it in any way that you want really. That the, the foundation is there for you to engage the children in an idea in something they'd like to solve or something they'd like to make part of this app um, and then it's about the, the the way you just develop it all the way through and the skills that they get through their team building through 
working together in their specific um specialisms um specialisms really um and and i think it's that's such a such a really crucial crucial factor in, in what makes this um project such a, a great success and and i think as you heard um in the previous episode you know the excitement and the enjoyment that the children have got from from being part of the project um just comes through in their voices and uh, and and it's and it's great to behold so now we're going to listen to some fellows, um, and fellows are basically um, people that have been involved in any way, really, through the Apps for Good project, um, who then take on this extra um, responsibility of being in, involved in, in the Apps for Good. They do some speaking and some volunteer work through the organisation, but they also get the opportunity, as you'll hear from, from their interview, um, to go and speak to industry people to learn new skills and develop them um, which really helps to support them both um, in their sort of academic learning and into the start of their careers so so here are some of the fellows um, that I met at the app launch um, talking about their experiences um, and, and what it's gained from them um, so I'd, I'd like to thank everyone who's been involved in this week's project um, at apps for good um, I've really enjoyed the whole thing and visiting them and, and speaking to everybody and um, and yes please go to appsforgood.org um, and check out all their resources. Here are the fellows. Um, my name is Habiba and I'm an Absolute Fellow. I've, this is my second year at the Absolute App Launch and um, I really enjoy being a, a part of the fellowship and I think it's an amazing opportunity. I get so much out of it, so many opportunities to speak, um, to network with people and to build my confidence and as well as being a part of the um, the program to begin with I learned a lot of transferable skills but now I get a glimpse into kind of employment by going to doing like really interesting work experience placements and just everything I get out of it is really valuable and so how, how do you become a, a fellow is it because you've been involved in creating an app already in a previous year and then you get the option I uh, to become a fellow all you have to have done is completed the apps for good course so even if your app didn't win its category or didn't win the public vote you can still become a fellow it's all about networking and creating more opportunities, as well as filling up your CV, Absolutely. which is obviously very <laughs> beneficial. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Alex, so just so tell me, what was your app and, and what was your first introduction to Apps for Good then? Well, I was part of I'm OK, which is a four-girl team, which won in 2014. And so Apps for Good was a compulsory course for us in Year 9. So we'd do a bit every week, and it went on for a year throughout that whole curriculum. And so we all formed app teams that were formed randomly and we all worked together to create our apps and then we submitted them and then the best ones were picked for the final and we were very lucky to be picked for the final and I think Katie and I are very grateful for it. And so we went to the final, we pitched at the Barbican in front of a panel of dragons and we were very lucky to win our category and this resulted in our app being made. And it was a very smooth experience it wasn't very stop-starty, and we had all the help we needed from industry professionals and experts. It really does sound, from everyone that I've spoken to so far tonight, that that support network that you have, and you say the experts and the professionals, as well as the people in your schools and the, and the staff, it all works incredibly well. And you can tell by everyone's just so excited about how it all is, that actually it's such an inspiring thing. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started the podcast, was that kind of, no one wants to be at school just waiting for home time. They want to be thinking... I can do something and how do I go about doing it and it's these sorts of opportunities which make you feel like that is that right? 
precisely. I think the amount of opportunities all of us fellows have got from it is incredible. From a lot of us have gone on to win more awards. I think Arap was nominated for a BBC Teen Hero Award in the category of Digital Hero. So we've had the experience at the BBC meeting the Radio 1 presenters and Apps for Goods really pushed us through that. And the experience doesn't end at the launch. We're now working to push our app onto the iOS store and for Apple because we're only on Android at the moment. So we uh, try to maximise our downloads. Okay, brilliant. So the one thing I've realised is um, my season two is all about computing and tech. Um, and the one thing you think is everyone thinks, well, I'm doing a computing and tech season. We must be talking about coding and it must be all about Java and it all must be about Python or something like that. And the thing that I've realised is that that's just not the case because tech is about literally us using tech and understanding how it is. It's not necessarily about being sat in a room, just the person doing the coding. And I think that's been a real eye-opener for me, but also for lots of the people that I've been part of interviewing. No, I completely agree. I think that that's what's so great about Arts are Good and what I don't think is pushed enough is the fact that it's not just about learning to code, but it's also about creating these business skills which is so important in the future and learning all about how the development of the app so you've got to think about the user experience we had to work with developers to create the design of the app but also it's so important to pitch it and also um, to speak to people and also get the funding for it and it's so much more than just sitting there and typing away and you've got to really make sure that you've got so many different skills which apps are good definitely builds and how many were in your team for the app when you when you won your award? How many of you were the part of that team? Um, so there were four of us in our team, and we kind of um, got put together, and, and we had different roles. And so mine was definitely the coding side. It was something I found was amazing. But before apps are good, I never actually realised that was something that I could do. And I would I, when I realised about coding, I would go home and I would code in my spare time, which is absolutely brilliant. And there was another girl. Um, who she was in kind of in charge of the content and so she was really knowledgeable about um, the, our app and so she was able to kind of design it all and then Alex was definitely into the business the public speaking and she and Josie worked together Josie was more the design of the app how it looked the fonts so definitely it's also teaches us about teamwork definitely because if you need all these different people, you need to build in each other's strengths to create this app. And I think that's the thing that's really important to get across, is the fact that you're all part of a tech team because you're building an app. But within that, you've all got your specific roles, which come from what you're interested in and how it is that you want to produce what it is that you're doing. And that's, that's what people don't necessarily understand. I've, I've built an iOS app and I don't code at all but I have someone who does the coding and I've got someone who does all the artwork. I was much more project managing, much more sort of understanding how it all goes together and following the whole thing through. And you think, actually, how can you, how can you have a tech company but not code? Because I don't need to. It's not something I've ever done. I'm a professional musician. That's my day job. I'm nothing to do with tech. But here we are, you know, talking about it. I think that's a really key thing. Fantastic. So where do you go from here? How long does the fellowship last? How... I think it's indefinite, isn't it? I mean, Mahima, she's just um, in her final year of yeah, her final year of university. She's been with the fellowship for six years, and it's that's what's great about it is that they're so um, open to supporting you, and they they're so excited to see where our journeys are and to support you in any way that they can. And so, definitely, it's indefinite.
So you haven't said to Heather, maybe 10 years and I'll be knocking on your door for you to hand over the baton and it'll be my turn? Or? Well, I'm definitely considering it. <laughs> well, brilliant. Well, thanks for talking to me. It's really great to speak Lovely. to you. Thank you so and, much. And I, just, I love the energy that comes from all of you in that. And I think it's, <laughs> a, it's a fantastic thing. So well, congratulations. Thank you for listening to the Education on Fire podcast. For more information, please go to educationonfire.com.